Skin Series. I'm Danika. And I'm Hayley. And we are here to chat all things skin. As clinical naturopaths and corneotherapists, we are here to share our knowledge and passion for helping people heal their skin conditions in a holistic way. Join us for a deep dive into debunking beauty myths, how your gut, hormones, diet, and lifestyle factors influence your skin, and our unique philosophy on how to care for your skin topically. As always, this advice is general and not designed to diagnose or treat any conditions. Please consult your healthcare practitioner before beginning any treatments. Okay, let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode four. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about introducing you guys to the layers of the skin. We're also going to be talking about some foundational ingredients that the skin really requires to function correctly, and then be talking about some harmful ingredients that they pop in skincare. Um, And we're also going to be busting some myths about skin health and beauty products as well. Mm -hmm. So the first couple of episodes, we really wanted to kind of highlight the importance of understanding how the skin functions and introducing you guys to some skin cells and skin layers because we find we know that's really really important so we wanted to give you guys a a bit of a mix of some science but then pack in lots of juicy skin info as well but first things first Danika how have you been I've been really good it's been really nice obviously Sydney weather has got epic lately so it's been really nice to get my tan started yeah (laughs) especially living in Melbourne all your life I know (laughs) September tan it's amazing um I've also been doing this feminine embodiment course over the past month I think now which has been amazing it's just been really beautiful um lots of journaling lots of meditation lots of yin yoga just like really slowing down and going inward so that's just been really nice just especially with everything that's going on right now it's just been nice to kind of chill and settle and kind of have that alone time which has actually been yeah quite nice for stress and stuff definitely and I think it's a time the situation that we are in it is the time to go inward Mm. it is the time to do the inner work Mm -hmm. because a lot of our got all the time to do it (laughs) yeah a lot of our external distractions have been have been taken away so Mm. lots of people I've been speaking to lately have all been you know things have been coming up for people Mm. and things that people suppress when they're really busy have been coming up so it's nice to be able to do a course and navigate through that Mm. as well so that's and when we can't control our outside world so right now there's literally nothing in our outside world that we really have much control over there's a few things but in the big picture we don't have control so the thing that you can control is your inner world so working on you know meditation and inner peace and all those you know journaling and meditation everything that can bring you back to center and yeah so that's been really nice yeah what about you yeah so um I've been the same I mean I have similar been really kind of going inward and definitely leaning on meditation I think for a week or two there I was doing two hours of meditation a day <laughs> that is a lot <laughs> that was but, a lot that is impressive yeah that, like yeah. one hour in the morning one hour in the evening and I'm, I'm definitely someone in you the past you would feel like you were floating levitating the whole day <laughs> levitating definitely someone probably prior to that maybe 20 minutes was my maximum but um I've been I've, fa- I've come across some really amazing powerful meditations and they've almost been addictive because they make me feel so good good so I started reading a book called Becoming Supernatural by mm. Joe Dispenza he's um, amazing who's amazing yeah. yeah so the book's really about you know transcending limitations of 
your past and how that influences, you know, your overall health and really about like creating a whole new body and mind and life um, and uses like some really good practical applications such as meditations. So I love Joe Dispenza because he combines like all this scientific work that he's done on the kind of metaphysical world. So he has some really amazing, powerful meditations that you can buy through his website. So I kind of purchased like a whole bunch of them the other day and I've been (laughs) sending them to all my friends and that's been really, really, really powerful. So I think when you find a guided meditation that you really respond with, it's hard Mm. not to really kind of just do it for 45 minutes or an hour. So, and the time just goes so fast yeah. when you're really in that zone. An yeah. hour of meditation is like, oh, totally. But you have to work up to it. So if, if you're just starting out with meditation, like five minutes a day is amazing. Yeah. If you can, and at the start, your mind is going crazy. And we've all started in that way that your yeah. mind just goes crazy. But it's a yeah. practice. You just yeah. practice it and yeah. practice it and practice it. And yeah. then you get to the point where, yeah, you're like doing two hours and you're like, whoa. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> whoa. <laughs> and if you find the right ones that you find engaging yeah. and then kind of take you out of that that moment, um, I think I think that's, you know, quite quite important as well. So sometimes mm-hmm. when they say, just go and sit in a quiet room and quiet in your mind, that might quite feel quite overwhelming for someone who's never meditated before. But if there's a beautiful guided meditation or there's certain music you can play just to really kind of help get you into that state of I mean, the, the goal is kind of reaching nothingness and mm. going back to neutralities. And then from neutrality, you'll always go into a positive state. So that's mm. kind of the idea behind it. So, um, or, or good in a bath. When you're sitting in the bath, you have nothing mm. else to do. Put on some guided meditation, light a or candle. Or just some music. Even yeah. just the, the thing of just sitting there with some music, closing your eyes and just being in the moment. That is a meditation in itself. Definitely. It doesn't always have to be a listening to someone say, breathe in, breathe yeah. out. It can just be being mindful and present in the moment. Sure. And there's yeah. lots of ways to meditate. I mean, walking in nature can be a form mm. of meditation. For some people, it's being in the ocean or surfing as a form of meditation. So there's, you know, or cooking is a form of meditation. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of ways that we can meditate that takes us out of that busy beta brainwave state and drops us more into that alpha you know, theta brainwave state, which is what, which is where our creativity and our intuition lies. So, um, we've been on the meditation train pretty hard. Oh Oh, yeah. (laughs) And if you're starting out, I've, I don't know why I've just discovered Insight Timer, but I've only just discovered that app. It's amazing. So it's got so many ranges of different meditations and it's also got yoga and talks and stuff as well. So if you're starting out, that's a good place to start for some nice guided stuff cool so let's um let's jump in so Haley, do you want to start us off with talking about the four layers of the epidermis which is our top layer of our skin sure can so yeah so there's four layers in the facial epidermis there's five layers in the palms and 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 feet so we're going to just be focusing on the facial epidermis um today so the first layer which is the top layer which we've chatted a little bit about in previous episodes is called the stratum corneum so i always explain the whole skin roof analogy so you've got all your tiles on your skin roof and you've got the which are the bricks and then you've got the mortar which is the glue that holds everything together And that layer is really responsible for keeping everything in and keeping things out. So it prevents things like bacteria, viruses, fungi 
from growing growing (laughs) what's the word um and it's a protective layer from abrasion and friction and it also helps to prevent um water loss out of the skin as well and then we move down to the stratum granulosum layer so this is a granular layer um and this is where um our keratin is produced um so our skin cells are called keratinocytes because they're made up of a protein called keratin lipids and our natural moisturizing factor is also produced and that gives our skin that really nice waterproof protection and um, closer to the top of this layer um, the granules break open and release their content into the spaces between the cells and the stratum corneum it really bathes the corneum with important skin lipids to make up a protective barrier so things like the overuse of hydroxic acids and over exfoliating ingredients can also damage this layer which we don't want to happen Mm-hmm. And then we move into the stratum spinosum. So this has some of our immune cells in it and also gives our skin its strength. So it kind of holds our skin tightly together and prevents it from tearing. And then the bottom layer of the epidermis is the stratum basal layer. So we actually have these stem cells. So think of them like mother cells that produce and give birth to baby skin cells. And these baby skin cells start in the stratum basal layer, but then over give or take 30 days, they move up through those layers until they form our beautiful, healthy stratum corneum. And that's what we call the life cycle of a skin cell or your skin cell turnover is from birth to maturity sitting on the surface of our skin. And how long is that life cycle usually? It depends on age, but when we roughly say 30 days, mm-hmm. um, if you're in your 20s and you've got healthy skin, you know, you're looking at 30 days, kind of getting 30s, 40s, 50s onwards, your life cycle slows. So sometimes it can be 40 days, sometimes it can be 45 days, and it also depends on the health of your skin. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of trying to get it back to the 30-day cycle. But, you know, and then you've got things like psoriasis, which actually has a skin cell turnover of seven to 10 days. So that process is accelerated rapidly, which gives you that build up, that plaquey formation of skin cells um, sitting on the surface. So we don't want it too quick, but we don't want it too long. We want it like nicely in the middle, about mm-hmm. 30 days. And that's why when we, you know, start a new skin treatment or anything, we're looking at about a 30-day period until you start to see results because that's when we see the skin cell turnover. Definitely. Or even like, you know, one to three months really because we're trying to get those mother skin cells to really be giving birth to healthy new stratum uh, corneocytes, keratinocytes, I should say. (laughs) (laughs) So then under the epidermis, we've got the dermis. So that's divided into two layers. So you've got the papillary dermis, which is above, And this is where our immune system of our skin and our lymphatic system is. And then you've got the reticular dermis below. So that's where our collagen, elastin, and hyaluronic acid are. So think of the papillary layer as the plumbing and waste removal service of our skin. And the reticular is like the sturdy foundations of the house. So both of these need to be in excellent working order um, to make sure the house stays functional. Otherwise, you're going to have backed up plumbing and your house is going to fall down. 
So collagen makes up about 75% of the entire dermis. So this forms the structure and the plumpness of our skin with strong and thick fibers. So this is why um, like we do skin needling or collagen induction therapy. So it's such a great therapy because our collagen naturally declines from the age of 20. So if we want to maintain the structure of our skin, we need to be doing things that are going to be supporting that collagen production and supporting that base structure of our house because it makes up such a large component of that area. Yeah, for sure. And this is when we're, you know, we do skin needling in clinics. So we are trying to get down and adjust our needle depth. So we're hitting the dermis because that's where our fibroblasts lives, as Danica said, that produce our collagen elastin. So sometimes you might see skin needling and they're drawing a lot of blood to the surface of the skin. Um, and I always say, you know, you're probably going a little bit too far. You're kind of getting down into the capillary bed. We just want to stay in that dermis because that's what we're trying to have the most effect on. Mm-hmm. We might do another um, podcast about skin needling. I oh, think 100%. Such, such a big topic. <laughs> such a great treatment. <laughs> Everyone wants more collagen. Yeah, right? who doesn't? <laughs> so um, let's get into talking about some foundational ingredients that our skin uh, makes and our skin requires. And the reason we're going to talk about foundational ingredients is because think of skincare like nutrition for the skin. So if you're using skincare that doesn't contain some of these foundational ingredients, then you're really not feeding the skin those important nutrients it requires so that it can be functioning correctly. So it's all well and good to have skincare that has all these buzzwords in it and different kind of ingredients. But if you're not kind of laying down the foundations of your skin house with these foundational ingredients, then um, you're kind of missing the boat with having healthy, beautiful, healthy skin. So the first three foundational ingredients I'm going to be talking about, one is called phosphatidylcholine, which is like a bit of a mouthful. (laughs) So um, it's one of the most beneficial ingredients in our skin. Um, it's the major lipid, so the major fat of our skin cell walls. So our skin cell walls are called cell, cellular membranes, and it's really important to have a good, strong cell wall so the nutrients can come in and come in, and the waste can go out effectively. And you know, as that skin cell matures to the surface of the skin, what your skin does, which is really clever, those skin cell walls break down. And they become the um, glue that holds those roof tiles together. So if your skin wall isn't doesn't have enough phosphatidylcholine, enough good fats, by the time that barrier starts to form on that surface layer, you've got a pretty shoddy barrier. So getting phosphatidylcholine is really, really important for that. Another thing that a lot of people have heard of is something called ceramides. So these exist in between the skin cells and also on the surface of the skin. They're the glue that holds it together. And how they work is they lock in water content um, and protect our skin from the outside world. So if we've got poor ceramide um, production, then our skin's going to be irritated, it's going to be dehydrated, the barrier is going to be impaired. And then the third ingredient is something called squalene. Again, something that um, a lot of you would have heard about. And squalene is made in our sebum. So it's a, it's a lipid. And it actually mimics the skin's natural oils. So it's a really great emollient. Um, and emollients kind of keep things out and lock things in. 
Um, it also has antioxidant, anti-tumor properties as well. So good squalene content in the skin will reduce your chances of skin cancers. Um, so if we've got a poor sebum production, we're going to be making less squalene, which is going to be resulting in dehydrated flaky skin. Um, so three, I guess three of the next ingredients that are super important are triglycerides, sterols, and fatty acids. So these all maintain the health and structure of our skin cell membranes. So the analogy that we always like to use in clinics, so think of your skin cell as a big juicy grape. So this is what it should look like when you're feeding your skin with lots of healthy fats. Um, so when we don't feed our skin cells properly with these triglycerides, sterols, and fatty acids, these grapes, they start to turn into sultanas. And this is when we can see fine lines, wrinkles, and premature aging appear. So we always want to make sure our skin cells are big, juicy grapes. Um, so fatty acids are really important to help form the acid mantle. So the acid mantle is a fine layer on the skin surface and is made up of oil. And what this does is balance the acidic level of our skin to prevent bacteria breeding. It prevents water from evaporating out of the skin and it controls the absorption of actives into the skin so the skin doesn't get overwhelmed. So it's like a bit of a... Um, What's a security like guard. a security like a barrier you know like yeah and you have a castle and you have like the yeah the wall around a castle like a <laughs> like a castle wall a moat kind of like yeah and it lets it lets things in you know nice and slowly the security guards like checking who's coming in so checking if we don't ID. have that acid yeah. mantle then we it's put on put on actives on our skin and all of a sudden they flood through yeah and our skin gets overwhelmed and that's yeah. when if you're putting on a say a serum say a retinol or whatever it is and your skin's all of a sudden red and irritated and angry that's showing us that your acid mantle is a little bit mm-hmm. impaired and not controlling the flow of um, ingredients into your skin so you can really see how important all of these ingredients are as foundations for your skincare Think of it like the way that you feed your body. So you feed your body with phytonutrients, so vegetables and fruit, protein, carbs, fiber, all of those things to make sure that your body is functioning properly. It's the same principle for your skin. It's like giving your skin the right nutrition to be able to function properly. Yeah. Yeah. I like to use the um, analogy if you're going to go out and drink petrol and eat mcdonald's Mm, twice a twice a day um you can imagine how horrible that would make you feel inside like i don't think you'd also live very long the same you know principle applies with your skin um if you put anything harmful on your skin that skin has to detoxify that harmful ingredient and then that harmful ingredient obviously causes issues within the skin um so we really want to make sure that yeah as you said Danica, we're refeeding the skin with all those beautiful nutrients and getting off the petrol (laughs) and i use petrol because they put petroleum in skincare so i use that analogy (laughs) so we're gonna just go through some of the main harmful um, ingredient categories that we see in skincare and what to look out for and how it affects our skin topically. Um, So when we're looking at skincare, we want to make sure that we not only have all of um, the important ingredients that we said previously, but we also want to make sure that we don't have anything that's going to be damaging or interfering with our um, cell functioning. So unfortunately, there's a lot of skincare out there that does have damaging ingredients. So the main ones to look out for Uh, emulsifiers, parabens, preservatives, pegs, fragrances, silicones, denatured alcohol, and colors. 
So we'll go through each of these briefly to explain what they're doing when you put them on your skin. Yeah, and we just want to say not every single emulsifier or preservative is harmful for the skin. There's definitely a range of safety, so um, we're not lumping them all into one category, um, but we're just going to give you some examples of how certain ones of those can affect the skin. Mm -hmm. And remember... 80% or don't remember, or maybe this is a new information for you. um, 80% of what we put on our skin gets absorbed into our bloodstream. So the statistic is they say between two to three kilos worth of toxins per year gets accumulated through exposure to toxins in skincare, sunscreen, makeup, shampoo, conditioners, deodorant, perfumes, body wash, body lotion, And all of those things, if they get into the bloodstream, can have an impact on women's hormonal systems. Um, And these are known as endocrine disruptors. So um, I always say to my clients, you know, just living our modern lifestyles, we're exposed to toxins in the air, in our food, in our water, from plastics. So if we can really reduce this toxic load by what we choose to pop on our skin, then that's going to be a big win for our internal health as well. Yeah, definitely. And when we're looking at, you know, ingredients, ingredient checking is a minefield. Totally. And it's even, you know, we come across things and we're like, wow, like this is a new ingredient for us and we have to kind of look it up. So that's why it's really important um, and beneficial to have a skin therapist that you can, you know, run things by and you can be checking with and making sure that you're feeding your skin with the right ingredients um yeah definitely i mean people gen the you know the everyday person doesn't understand skin chemistry because that's not that's not their job so i think a lot of what we do is kind of give education around the ingredients in our clients current skincare Mm -hmm. um and we've got this cool program that kind of pulls up um different products and all their ingredients and we can highlight what ingredients are harmful or beneficial for the skin and i always find this that is such a powerful exercise to do because it really gets people thinking as to how much toxic ingredients are in skincare and sadly to say you know it's 80 to 85 percent of skincare are using harmful ingredients in 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 what they do so being mindful of this and being aware or or you know speaking to a skin therapist that understands um you know skincare chemistry can just have a profound impact on your skin health and your and your internal health as well yeah it can be a little bit confronting when you realize like before you even leave the house in the morning you're in the bathroom, you know, you're washing your hair, you're washing your body, you're putting on moisturizer, you're putting on serums and you're putting on perfume and how much chemicals your skin is interacting with yeah. before you even leave the house in the morning. And yeah. then you've got all the chemicals in the world that your yeah. skin has to deal with as well. Yeah. 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 And, and we wonder why women have so many hormonal issues these days, like not beating around the bush, you know, fertility is definitely an issue and hormonal problems are an issue. And this is one part of the cog in the, the wheel. Puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is, that is, um, influencing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll just, yeah, we'll chat through the the main kind of harmful ingredients. So the first one is emulsifiers. So this is a, a group of um, ingredients. So emulsifier is something that stabilizes a product and it binds ingredients together. So in skincare, we usually find this as binding water and oil together. So in our skin, what holds together and supplies hydration for our skin is made up of oil and water. So mm-hmm. like what Hayley was talking about before, the brick and mortar, like mm-hmm. that's what's holding, it's like the glue for our skin cells. Mm-hmm. So when we put a product with an emulsifier on our skin, it can bind to this as well. And then we wash it off and then some of that brick and mortar goes down the drain as well. So Mm -hmm. leaving our skin barrier permeable, 
which can lead to water being able to evaporate out of the skin. So when we're using um, these products and using products with harmful emulsifiers, over time, this will lead to irritated, inflamed and dry skin. Yeah, and they're usually primarily used in cleansers makeup wipes um so if you're got that tight dry feeling after you cleanse we know that's not a good sign mm-hmm. <laughs> you could have emulsifiers in your cleanser mm-hmm. another one we're going to talk about is pegs um so these are petroleum-based compounds so that's why you know the analogy of drinking petrol so <laughs> if your skincare has a peg in it um doll you're putting on petroleum into your skin cells and you know when i talk about pegs you know it's not something you hang your <laughs> hang your washing on the line um this is polyethyl glycol so the reason they use but on a on a like on a label it'll sa- actually say peg, a peg so that's something to look out for yeah. yeah exactly so these help actives penetrate into the skin um so they're used in lots of skincare unfortunately they are a known human carcinogen so they irri- they cause irritation um and lead to an impaired barrier or can be very very irritating especially if you're prone to broken skin they've been known to cause allergenic reactions in the skin and make your skin more porous so they remove tiles from your skin roof and we know we want to keep those tiles on your skin roof mm-hmm. they actually use pegs to make nerve gas back in world war Two. so wow. yeah um multi-purpose but we definitely want to kind of keep them out of our skincare for sure so many products use yeah. pegs unfortunately yeah um yeah, so um, next one is you will find in 95% of products would be preservatives. So um, they're in products, obviously, to prevent bacterial and mold growth. So when you put them on your skin, these preservatives can't discern between good and bad bacteria. So they can have a negative impact on our skin's microbiome. So kind of think of them as like an antibiotic for your skin. They're kind of going in and can be destroying some of that. Um, that good balance so obviously having a balanced skin microbiome is really important to um, make sure you you reduce the overgrowth of bacteria especially ones like c acne bacteria which um, contributes to the causation of acne Um, some common preservatives to look out for are phenoxyethanol and parabens and also you should really be concerned whenever you see an acronym on a label so like the peg but um also, the one of the some of the main um, preservatives are EDTA, DMDM, and BHT. So mm. if you see any of them, chuck it in the bin. <laughs> watch out! Watch <laughs> out! And yeah, I was going to add to that. You know, you might be thinking, well, I have acne, so I want to go in and kill that C. acne bacteria. And no, that C. acne bacteria has a job to do on your skin. It's con- it's converting triglycerides into free fatty acids. So let's keep that C. acne bacteria. Let's just make sure the environment of the skin doesn't change so we don't wipe out some of that good bacteria. Um, too much of that good bacteria so then that c acne bacteria kind of overgrows and thrives so it's not about going in and kind of killing off any sort of bacteria on the skin it's really about making sure everyone's happy there's a nice little kind of healthy diverse you know diversity diversity diverse microbiome Mm. yeah 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 And, you know, I uh, just wanted to make note of what Danica said before about parabens. Again, something that's like in a lot of skincare as well, um, which is a preservative. So parabens mimic estrogen by binding to estrogen receptors on the cells. So we have estrogen receptors on our skin cells, but then we also have obviously estrogen receptors um, everywhere else as well. So this is how they can 
upregulate estrogen circulation um, in the system. So yeah, really disrupting those hormones in the body, harming fertility and the reproductive organs. They can affect birth outcomes and increase risk of cancer. They can also cause skin irritation. So you're looking for ingredients called propyl paraben or methyl parabens. So we want to Stay away from those two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, another big one is fragrances and essential oils. So our skin cells don't recognize scent. They have It has no beneficial actions for it at all. So it's when it's added to a product, it's more for a sensory experience. Um, so both artificial and natural fragrance uh, can irritate the skin. So they can trigger dermatitis, eczema, and hives. All fragrances, whether they are synthetic or even essential oils, which some people might be surprised about, um, they're made up of so many chemicals that your skin doesn't recognize. And this can trigger an allergic and inflammatory response. So essential oils particularly, they are a volatile oil, which means they are susceptible to change when exposed to heat, light, and oxygen. And they can convert into compounds that cause oxidative damage, making your skin more photosensitive, which is more sensitive to UV rays, um, which is really not good for pigmentation um, at all. So it's best to avoid any essential oils and fragrances and products. Any that stay on your skin all day, so like serums and moisturizers, we definitely don't want to see any fragrances in them. And remember, it can say fragrance on the label, but that means there can be up to 80 different chemicals in that one fragrance. Mm-hmm. So something to think yeah, about. It's like one, it says one thing, but it means yeah. about 80 things. And this also includes, obviously, perfumes and fragrances that we're spraying on our skin as well. Definitely. Um, that does the exact same thing, makes your skin quite... Um, can be quite irritating and also makes it more photosensitive, so more prone to pigmentation. So if you're using any fragrances or anything, I would say if you really need to use them, spray them on your clothes and not actually directly on your skin. Yeah, especially people prone to allergies or hives or anything like that, kind of spraying a fragrance, a chemical fragrance right onto that neck area where there's a lot more mast cells, so a lot more immune cells that can have a a response. And remember we have, you know, we have uh, glands from our neck, you know, down to our axillary glands, which end up in underneath the armpits. So mm-hmm. you're putting all those chemicals around those areas and what's really close to our armpits is our, are our breasts, mm-hmm. you know, can increase um, risk of breast cancer as well. And I want to talk about now silicones. Um, so I always like to explain these, think of these like plastic wrapping. So like glad wrap across the skin, pretty kind of suffocating um, visual mm-hmm. that I'm creating. So they use these in products to give it that beautiful, nice gliding feeling, that nice spreadable kind of consistency, but it's actually a microplastic and your skin finds it hard to break down microplastics. So yeah, shout out to all the skins out there breaking down microplastics <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> I mean, they're, 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 you know, it's they're not easy. Hard. They're working, they're working hard. really hard, like well done, well done, <laughs> but there is a better way. <laughs> You know, and they put silicones, especially in things like eye creams. So if you use an mm. eye cream and go, oh, you know, kind of my little fine lines are filling in immediately after you use it. That Remember, that's just temporary. So um, it doesn't mean the product's working. It just is having that temporary kind of surface effect on the skin. And we don't want to stop our skin from breathing because our skin is a 
breathing organ. It needs to respire. So if we got silicones in our skincare, it's trapping dirt, sweat, bacteria, sebum, skin cells that can't shed properly. So it's stopping that natural function of what the skin should do. And it's kind of a bit crazy when you think about it, when they're putting it on like mainly in eye creams, which is meant to be for wrinkles. And then putting that silicone over it is stopping the skin from breathing, which is causing your skin to dry out more, which could then make wrinkles worse. Definitely. Yeah. So it's, you know, over time of using that product, you actually could make your wrinkles worse. Like it looks good when you put it on, but then as soon as you don't have it on. Especially, you know, that Mm. eye area is such a thin, thin, delicate layer of skins. Um, And, you know, you know, our eye is pretty important as well. (laughs) So we don't want to be kind of putting too many kind of, harmful ingredients around the eye area as well so yeah something to think about so another one is denatured alcohol so this is another common harmful ingredient you'll see it on your labels as alcohol denat um so it's an ethanol based compound that acts as a drying agent so it's often in toners Mm. um, because it creates a kind of drawing um drying sensation on the skin so it disrupts the skin barrier and causes water to evaporate from the skin so Over time, it can lead to excessive dryness, congestion, and breakouts if you're using it every day. So there's no real need for toners. So Mm. toners were created to balance out the pH of your skin after using a cleanser that has surfactants and soaps in it, um, which makes the cleanser foamy, but it also makes your skin alkaline, which is an environment that we don't want your skin to be in. So then toners were introduced to then make your skin more acidic. So if you're using a safe skin cleanser that doesn't foam up, you don't need a toner at all so save your money on a save your money. Gals. yeah <laughs> yeah so another thing they put in skincare is colors colorings so skin cells don't recognize color um they don't need it so again it's a part of a visual experience for us and you know in saying that not all colors are bad um, there, but there are definitely a few that are super, super, super bad. So there's natural dyes versus toxic dyes. Um, Usually colors will start with a CI at the beginning of the word and then they're followed by a bunch of numbers. So I'm definitely not telling you, you know, as soon as you see numbers in on the back of a skincare label, you've got to chuck that product out. Um, But there's definitely some that are really, really harmful and some that um, some that are skin friendly or skin neutral. And, you know, these nasty colors, they are carcinogens, they're allergizing, they're toxic, and they're definitely irritating as well, which we don't want. Mm -hmm. So let's debunk some skin myths. Let's do it. (laughs) So micellar water, thoughts? No, (laughs) stay away from micellar water. They disrupt your skin's microbiome. We don't want that. And they've got those emulsifiers in them as well. So it's binding to that oil and losing water from your yeah. skin um so stay away from micellar waters a bit controversial because they're like people are like oh there's just a bit of water in here and it's helping to take off my makeup if you have a it good really quality cleanser mm. and you're using good skin friendly makeup you'll be able to take off that makeup without using your micellar water yeah. so put them down people and use a help you know a safe skin uh, cleansing cloth or something yeah. to help if you need to get off any extra makeup but yeah. This is, you know, yeah, no real need to have that extra. In saying that, what do you feel? What are your thoughts on makeup and face wipes? Same thing. Put them down. (laughs) Throw them out. They contain a lot of them contain alcohols and a lot of harsh ingredients that are just going to be irritating, impairing your barrier. Yep. Nasty. You'll put them on, and like most of the time, your your skin will actually sting, and it's like. 
And also, you know, sometimes, you know, people come home, they've had a few drinks, they've got their makeup on, and then they're using these face wipes, these um, kind of chemical-based face wipes. It's just pushing your makeup around mm. your face. It's not properly cleansing your skin. So I'm sure there's people out there that do that and they go, oh, I, I face wiped all my makeup off last night. Your skin isn't clean mm. if you've used a, if you've used a you um, spread it face around. wipe. Exactly. Spread it around your face. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what do you think about um, exfoliants with sharp, we won't name any brands, but like <laughs> exfoliants with the, the sharp um, jagged pieces in them? Like that orange fruit? <laughs> no, 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 no names. No, no names. <laughs> um, so yeah, so anything, if your exfoliant has kind of abrasive sharp um, particles in it, you're causing slight micro trauma to the skin. Um, and we don't want micro trauma to the skin because again, taking little tiles off your skin roof and it's, 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 it's abrasive as well. So if you're using a nice, you know, I'm a big fan of manual exfoliants or enzyme based exfoliants that kind of just help to take off those skin cells that are ready to shed, but they're not going in and kind of, you know, really cutting up your skin. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on skincare that contains bleaching properties? Oh, <laughs> so great. sounds delicious. <laughs> no, I just think of like as a, you know, as a team, me using, you know, benzoyl peroxide and stuff like that, and it actually makes your towels get bleached. And then yeah. you think, what the hell is yeah. it doing to my face? Yeah. So if any of your, you know, towels or face washes are getting bleached, Having like little kind of, you know, lighter patches. Lighter patches in them. Yeah. yeah. One, but... you're ruining your good towels and like, <laughs> you know, you got to spend money on that or your mum won't be happy. <laughs> and two, you're actually really damaging yeah, damaging. your skin barrier. And yeah, it, yeah it's, it's not going to be a good time. No. Toothpaste on pimples. Oh, yes. So um, this was like, I, mean, I remember doing this back in the day I think as we've well. all done it. Yeah. We've all done it. We're like, it's, you know, the, the, the premise is that you dry the acne lesion out and you know toothpaste again is full of some pretty toxic crap so um we don't want to be damaging that barrier and there's other ways that you can kind of use different ingredients as a spot treatment to get the results that you want as well mm-hmm. um so because it causes irritation to the barrier and things like that so yeah put the toothpaste down just just wash just use it to wash your teeth yeah <laughs> Um, what, what about lemon juice to lighten Mm. your skin? Mm. Mm. No, don't do it. (laughs) Lemon juice, super, super acidic. So Mm. that's going to completely throw out the pH balance of your, of your skin. And then we can get an overgrowth of bacteria and it can be breaking down your skin barrier. It's just, no. Causing inflammation, irritation. Causing photosensitivity as well, which will, it, it, yeah, it's. Yeah. Again, there's other ways to support the skin to help mm. with pigmentation um, that doesn't involve lemon juice. And I remember um, my brothers, we all used to get lemon juice and like sit out the back and put it in our hair because we yeah. wanted like, yeah. <laughs> we wanted kind of to lighten our hair. Yeah. So um, maybe put it, keep it, put on the base of your hair, like like the ends of your hair. I, I think it was quite drying from memory. Oh, no, I think it is probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Any hairdressers would probably be screaming, like, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> and if you've got broken skin, you guys know what it's like when you're like cutting mm. up a lemon and you hand, you've got cuts on your hands, it burns and it stings. So probably keep that one away from your face for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, well, similar with like tea tree, so mm. tea tree on pimples, like, oh yeah, that's, that's a big one. one. I think, you know, all of us have kind of dabbled yeah. 
personally I've dabbled in that dabbled. before. <laughs> dabbled in tea tree. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, you know, got that, it's the essential oil we spoke about before, the volatile oils that change completely when they're um, exposed to heat, light and oxygen. So you really don't know how they're going to react on your skin. Yep. And I like to kind of go back to, so the re- so we get essential oils from plants. This is a little distraction segue. It's not a segue. What's it when you go, uh, go off track? Diversion. So um, plants and flowers make essential oils to detract birds, bugs, things like that from it. So they're there to really detract things. So that's why they're volatile. So that smell is there to um, stop that plant from being in danger. So we definitely want don't want to be putting that kind of... Um, function or volatileness on this on the skin Uh um and we've talked about you know perfume on the neck so we've kind of talked about that you don't want to be popping perfume directly onto your skin um and thinking about what kind of perfume you are actually using um what about those cheap sheet masks they sheet they really sheet (laughs) (laughs) yeah no again there's, they're, they're usually full of um, emulsifiers and preservatives and yeah. parabens and a whole bunch of crap. And they will be probably most likely doing more damage to your skin. You might essentially, you might initially feel like it's smoothing your skin, but maybe yeah. because it's got a whole bunch of silicones in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Not, not great. And then there's also those kind of peel off blackhead nose things. Mm. But yeah. you, I th- we've all probably like watched them on YouTube and, and things like that where it like peels off and you see all the sebaceous like, filaments come out. Exactly. Mm. So, but it's the, what, what you've got on your nose, those little kind of black marks, they're not, blackheads. you know, they're not blackheads. They're sebaceous filaments, which is literally just the oil that's in your pores when it becomes in contact with oxygen, it darkens. Yeah. So you pulling out oil, it's, which, which is protected, which for is your meant skin. to be there. Yeah. All it's going to do, it's just going to come back. Yeah. But it's just going to be throwing off the balance of your skin. Yeah. So at the end of the day... Yeah. You're better off getting antioxidants onto that area So because um, that will combat that oxidation that's happened to blacken. And blacken. also you can work with your skin therapist to help um, reduce your pore size, which will then make the appearance of the sebaceous filaments less. Yeah, so it's about reducing the oil flow to reduce the appearance of the pore size um, so that can... But taking away that oil is not going to reduce the oil flow overall. No. It's something you have to work on with the actual cells. Yeah. So if anything, taking away that oil so abrasively like that could actually make your skin produce more oil. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think they work really. I mean, the videos look really extreme. No. And I, when I did it years ago as well, and I'm like, nothing came <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> what about the myth, you know, expensive means more effective? Yeah, again, definitely a myth so um some some product ranges are really well priced and using really skin friendly ingredients um so they're doing really really well but then you know there's some expensive skincare brands that are using lots of toxic stuff in their skincare and when i show clients the 300 moisturizer they've been using it and like 70 percent of of what they're paying for is toxic, cheap mm-hmm. ingredients. They're horrified. So just be a little bit cautious of um, really, really, really super slick branding, promising the world. Um, and yeah, so 
just because it's more expensive doesn't mean it's more effective. In saying that, you know, if you do find a good quality skincare, it is an investment. So um, you're really paying for those good quality ingredients um, and also the science and technology that comes with that skincare range as well. So there's just a range, a range. So mm. it doesn't, expensive doesn't necessarily mean better. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. I think, gonna... that's, I think we've busted yeah. some myths. I think that's enough for one day. Wrap we'll, it up for today. We'll do this again and, you know, eventually um, send in any kind of myths you want us to bust as well. <laughs> and we will bust those myths. <laughs> skin myth busters. Um, cool. All right. Well, signing off for today. Yeah. And remember, healthy, healthy skin, skin is always in. in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head over to our Facebook page, The Skin Series, or follow us on Instagram at theskinseries underscore pod to join the community or ask us any questions. We would love to hear from you. See you in the next episode.